So <laughs> I, <laughs> Joel just punches wasps. If they're, yeah. if they're coming at me, he just pisses them off more, but he usually, he like no. punches them in the face and then they drop dead. I give him a good, I give him a good Judy job. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He goes after him and he's like, well, <laughs> that's, that's the sound I make too. y'all welcome back to another episode of that reload podcast i'm your host joel owner of reload sitting across from me is jeremy the kitchen white law meh sitting next to him is our pit master and producer the man tickles all the clips mr matt far levels levels last but not least sweet and sassy sometimes salty miss stacy Hey guys. We've got a great episode today, guys. We're going to be talking about grill prep tools and all the damn things you're going to need for the upcoming grill season that is upon us. But before we do that, we're going to do what we always do and catch up. But part of our catch up today is a recommendation from our boy Lou. Mr. Blues and Barbecue, you have heard him on this podcast before talking about all kinds of different beer. And he sent us something called a blue ball. It's a liquid cinnamon roll. So it was like a viral TikTok video that this guy made and Lou sent it to us and I showed Joel and we, and he immediately was like, let's go. We are doing it on the next podcast. So sitting in front of us is a nice crispy PBR. PBR. All right. We're going to cold boy. A nice crispy Uh, cold boy. So we're going to pour that into our. Jeremy's getting him a little sippy glass. Um, my glass is the can of PBR, so I just took a little bit off the top because uh, <laughs> your boy knows how to do it. Yeah, boy. Look at that. Look at it. Look that, at that is guys. a gorgeous crispy boy. Look at that. Look at that jazz. Okay. Perfect. And thirsty just looking at it. And then for our liquid cinnamon roll. So the concoction is if you pair a PBR with Fireball, it will taste like a cinnamon roll. So we are going to test oh. that out. I was going to crack. I was going to crack this, but apparently somebody's already had a little sip out of this. I have not. <laughs> so, how much do you put in? We're going to measure that shit with our hearts. I'm going to add a shot glass worth and pour uh, it in. I got down to the label on mine, Matt. If that helps you at all. Okay. Well, uh, we have we have different bottles. No, we. Well, oh no, yeah, I think we do. Uh, yeah, like, you have a smaller the, one. The 200. I'm following suit with Stacy. I got a full shot of fireball cinnamon whiskey uh into my pbr now you put your hand you put your hand over it and shake it right yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. you start (laughs) all right so here we go we got blue balls y'all cheers let's all try it here (laughs) that's terrible gross that is not it's not, not good. It's not good. It's not. That's, that is <laughs> no. It just tastes like watered down fireball. It oh, like it does. Oh. Mm. <laughs> that guy uh, made it seem like it was like creamy and everything. I thought like some type of science was gonna happen. Oh, it, it, it literally it, it is. Like it is kind of creamy because all the fizz is sucked out of the damn beer. Yeah, it like brings out the worst qualities in PBR. Oh, <laughs> <No>. grief. <laughs> 
All right. Well, so that was a failure, guys. Don't well, fall for this TikTok thing. In all honesty, the, the guy on TikTok was about 11 years old, and you can't <laughs> trust children that young with uh, alcohol recommendations. So it does he's, mask the beer flavor. If you don't like beer, maybe this is a good way to. Well, he's like it's some getting, type of drink tester on, on Instagram or uh, TikTok. Getting better as I go. Yeah. That first hit was a little rough. I'm going to try a second. A yeah. second. Get out after again. It tastes like cinnamon beer now. Is what it tastes like. It doesn't. There's no cinnamon roll quality to it. Oh no, no it's, it's terrible. Just no, it's terrible. It like it's when you start good. to drink it, it's like sweet in the back of your mouth, but like gag. Oh, I'm not drinking that. It smells like a sour towel too. Smell it. No, I'd rather not. <laughs> a sour towel. Did you guys know? I didn't realize uh, Fireball is made by Sazerac. Oh, oh. no way. The aftertaste so, so- is toasty. Pretty soon, this will be allocated. <laughs> yeah, probably, it's gonna be a, in the B tack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna have a sixth one fireball. <laughs> fireball twenty four year. Yeah, yeah twenty four year fireball. It says it tastes like heaven and burns like hell. No. Um, yeah, no. It tastes you know like, what? It tastes like Benadryl and burns like a freaking uh, those red hot from Oof. back in the day. You know what? There sometimes a- you just gotta pour one out for the homies. You know. Hey man. Yeah. There's a bar in downtown Chattanooga uh, that's pretty close to a rough part of town. And anytime a fire truck goes by, which is pretty frequently, they do fireball shots for everybody in the bar. Really? Oh. Yeah. Which, I mean. All right. So. Uh, an arsonist dream. <laughs> on, yeah. On our next podcast we do, I think we should try something else. Um, I used to get these when I would go uh, to downtown and go to the bars and stuff. It's called a flaming Dr. Pepper. Have you ever heard of that? No way. When you like light it and stuff. Yeah. No, it's uh so it's a lager style beer, and then you get a shot of amaretto, light the amaretto on fire. I think you put a little bit of Everclear on top of it so you can light it on fire, and then drop it into the and you drink it like a Irish car bomb, but it tastes mm-hmm. very, very close to Dr. Pepper. Now, uh, granted, I had copious <laughs> Matt, have you had that before? <laughs> <laughs> I, I talked about that in our group chat that Joel doesn't check earlier. <laughs> oh, Except I, I called it uh, I called it Amarillo. I forgot that Amaretto was a, a spirit. <laughs> I, li- I like how I start by asking Joel, like, oh, the thing you light on fire? He's like, no, no, no. So you get a shot, you light it on fire. And- <laughs> <laughs> this is my story, not yours. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that did not even catch that. I get into my, my whatever story I'm telling. Hey, and no, my, no, 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 I got this. I my, got this. <laughs> my brain has shit to say, and I don't listen to anybody else. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the next word that's coming out of my mouth. Speaking of things on fire, did you guys see the reel I just posted earlier this evening? Yes. Yes, dude. So is this your prototype? <clears throat> It is. Uh, so uh, for the folks at home over on my page on Instagram, the kitchen white law, you can find this reel and it is a, a smoke top. It's a little contraption, a couple pieces of wood uh, with a pipe screen in the center. You put some chips on top of it and then you, uh, you run a, uh, a flame through it to smoke your drink in your glass. Uh, it's really cool. I've been seeing it around Instagram. I'm like, Hey, I can make that. And so I made one as a prototype. And so now I'm making, I'm making a whole batch of them so I can give them to, you know, all the guys here on the show, we can try it out, but it works really really well um i mean there was a crap ton of smoke flavor in that drink almost to the point where you like couldn't even drink it because there was so much smoke in it wow because <laughs> uh, it just pushes it straight through uh they work fantastic and like they're super easy to make well freaking hey i'm excited you're ready is to get it them burning 
like is it burning the you're using like a torch so is it burning the hardwood at all so I had to do a bunch of research. Like m- my thinking was I should make this thing because you're, you're going to burn the contraption as you use it. So my thinking was, you know, I should make it out of a hardwood you would burn to make smoke, uh, th- you know, which we work with smoking woods a lot. So hickory, maple, cherry, something like that. So I, I had some extra hickory laying around my wood shop. So I made them out of hickory and then I'm using hickory chips. And then what I did was um, I have two pieces of wood. Um, I drilled a, a seven eighth inch hole in a bottom piece and then a one inch hole in the top piece glued them together with a uh, with a really strong uh, wood glue and then put a pipe screen on that little ridge you know it's super simple put a little bit of uh of um of hickory chips in there and then you blast it you you i did a bunch of testing with this you can't use a lighter you can't use anything um that'll go out you need a really high powered flame to really push it just hard and fast for like five seconds so i use my kitchen my kitchen torch uh just blast it for like five seconds and then let it go it's gonna look like nothing's happening but all of a sudden smoke will just start pouring through the whole thing um and then just leave it on there for as long as you want uh super simple uh the one i did last night five seconds of heat on it let it sit there for about a minute or so and t- took it off, let it breathe for a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, it was just hickory in your face, the whole drink. It was, it. it was mm. absolutely it. crazy. Um, the one, my prototype is like kind of all burnt up cause it took me a while to figure out how to do this. Um, <laughs> and so it's all, all mangled up, but now I got like the technique down in uh research and development, man. That's what it takes. Exactly. Um, and you can put pellets in there. You can put pipe tobacco in there. You guys were saying you did some pipe tobacco ones, um, a couple of weeks ago or whatever. And so maybe I'll try and find a little pouch or something and try some pipe tobacco in there. But I mean, it, it is a pipe screen in there, you know, a, yeah. a fine mesh stainless steel screen. So you can put whatever you want in there. And I tested it a bunch with water and I changed the water out in between each test and like nothing would fall through that screen. It was because it's such a fine mesh. You don't get any crap in your drink and stuff. So, I mean, Great solution. You know, um, the whole thing maybe cost me like a, you know, a dollar to build. <laughs> How do you, you beat uh, that? If you use pellets, I wonder if it matters what flavor pellets you put in it. Yeah. You can really taste the flavors of the pellets. <laughs> you know, I'm a big advocate mm. for that. I mean, uh, the, the cherry, the mm. maple, uh, yes. the fruit yeah. woods are fantastic. Oh yeah. You want to yeah. taste the trophies. That's you right. want to taste the trophies <laughs> in your drink. Um, We're winners over here. Exactly. And I made it, this thing big enough to fit on like, pretty much any cup and stuff. So I want to try, you know, maybe like smoking some ice cream or smoking just whatever, you know, I mean, you can put anything in the cup, you know? Yeah. So root beer float kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of did that. We had um, a bourbon and meat night at my brother's house, my brother and sister-in-law's house last week. And if you're not following me, um, that reload wife, I pretty much documented the entire night uh, for everybody. I said, all my friends love bourbon. I've got to show them what's going on. So um, we did smoked old fashions and and they had all different kinds of bitters and simple syrup, Watson's um, barrel aged maple syrups, different mix-ins, Luxardo cherries and uh, oranges. Yeah. So we kind of had like a little old fashioned bar. And what my sister-in-law did, her grandfather that um, she just has fond memories of, he always smoked cherry tobacco. So she got a pack of cherry, t- cherry tobacco. And she, pipe tobacco. Yep, pipe tobacco. And she used that to smoke her old-fashioned, and it was fantastic. It was oh, so, so delicious. Um, so that so was tasty. really that was really cool experimenting with that. Um, yeah. But amongst that, a million other things we did that night. No, I think her, when she, we did, we, <laughs> we did too many old fashions, but um, the, her last one that she made was one of the best old fashions I'd ever had. It was smoky. That cherry tobacco really st- was, was front forward. It was but, distinguished. But it was, you, you were catching that sweetness. 
from the Luxardo cherry and that simple syrup that they were using in there. It was so, so good. Mm-hmm. But another thing they did is they would take almonds. Just, just no, no, no. Pecans. Pecans. And they, pecans, pecans. They would take those and they would kind of like chunk them up and they would light those on fire. And, those, and they would use that. They would get it where it would burn. A little flame would get going. Then they'd blow it out. Which they had a torch, like a kitchen yeah. torch. Yeah, and as soon as they would blow it out, they'd stuff the, um, the glass over the top of the pecans and that would fill the whole glass up with smoke. It was very, very tasty. Now, uh, in those stories, Stacey, I saw you guys lighting Doritos on fire. Did you do any Doritos smoked uh, bourbons? <laughs> um, no, why didn't we think of that? Gross, no. I, I didn't have enough <laughs> alcohol at that point. So what Jeremy is referencing to is um, my sister-in-law enlightened us, and they have a brand new Brio um, fire pit, and they've got that on their back. Uh, back deck and so she went out there to start a fire and she was walking out clutching a bag of Doritos and we were like what are you doing mm-hmm. and she said these are my fire starters and so this the oil that's in Doritos she put a couple of them around her um around the wood and the kindling and stuff and you just light the corners and it legit just stays lit for multiple minutes got the fire going um she topped it with a little bit of dryer lint just to kind of ignite it and then boom we had a I'm raging fire <laughs> What does that say about the amount of fat in those? Yeah. If it's able to sustain a flame, like Stay those have cool. to be terrible for you. Oh, hold on, are we just gonna roll over how she emptied her dryer lint into the fire <laughs> to start that's it? It's common. I think that's a that's a common thing, isn't yeah. it? Is that how you light your uh, your primo, Matt? You empty out the dryer. That's and- what we weren't eating on over the top of it. <laughs> Get some Tide Pods. No, <laughs> um, but no, they that's that they save their junk mail, their dryer lint, and their Doritos. They said yep. the more stale the Dorito is, the better it, longer it lights. Yeah, and they just they stayed lit to light the fire. It was absolutely incredible. So I'm doing that from now on. Like that's so cheap, so cheap, easy way than getting like the tumbleweeds or something like that. Well, you know, our kids mm-hmm. like to just rip up bags of chips and just leave them laying in corners of the house. Or days at a time we don't find them till later and they're ruined so yeah we'll save them for fire starters there you go i would love to see a series of stories where you guys like test different chips like lays or like different flavors and stuff and see which ones burn the best you know we now, talked about we, it that night from what we've heard cheetos the crunchy cheetos actually uh, perform just as well if not better yeah, but good luck getting those out of Joel's hands. Like, he's going to be diving into the fire to eat them. <laughs> there is no leftover <laughs> Cheetos in this household. <laughs> hey, th- that could be Joel's drink, a flaming Cheeto. You stick a Cheeto into a yeah. shot, light it on fire, and then take it. We'll just have to get a fine grinder and grind it up into a fine dust and mix it into a Pabst Blue Ribbon. <gasps> we can get Maisie to mm. do, like, a Cheetos crusted steak. <laughs> oh, she'll do it. She'll 100% do it. No, I just need to do her. I need to uh, one-upper is what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. With a Cheetos steak? I'll just drop that bomb. Like, F your nerd steak. Cheetos you got till You got till Tuesday when this drops to get it done. You got it. Hmm. Yeah, Cheetos so steak we, doesn't sound not, that bad, actually. No. So we had yeah, a lot of really awesome bourbons that night. It, it was just a great night. We were safe. We spent the night there. Um, our first crack of the day was a 13-year Heaven Hill orange label, which was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Um, and then he had been holding on to a Thomas Handy. Now, he has an extensive bourbon collection, but he had never cracked that one. He's never tasted that before. He was kind of on the fence about selling it or whether or not he was just going to hang, hang on to it. Um, and we were all super glad that he did because that 
That was, oh, that Thomas Handy. It was wonderful. It was like the best rye I've ever had. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was, you know, it, it lived up to the hype. If you have a chance, mm. if you're at a restaurant and they have a great bourbon selection, I highly recommend trying that one that because bur- it was exquisite. Yeah, that bourbon had layers and layers of flavor. And that every time I would go back to it, mm-hmm. I would get a new layer of flavor. Yeah, it lives up to its name. But anyways. Oh, and then I had some Maker's Mark cigars. Like not the big fat ones. But like the medium sized ones. Yeah, two oh, like a cigarette. Two of them. <laughs> so it wasn't like no. the cigarillo. <laughs> and it wasn't like Jeez. the big fat boys. It was like the medium sized one. And so like I love smoking a cigar from time to time, especially when I'm drinking bourbon or sitting by the fire. My brother like pulled one out of his pocket. He said, I've had this for a couple of years. So. Yeah, here you go. And then I was like sad. I got down I mean, I literally got down to like half an inch. Like I was ready to get like some clippers out to to toke on him and then he was like I have another one so I kept that going strong <laughs> oh she night. was totally roaching it I did like I needed like some pliers I had it down to nothing I was so sad and then he pulled out another one so anyways Maker's Mark's cigars I that was really good are those the ones that are aged in the bourbon barrels I don't know I was pretty tipsy by the time I lit up so couldn't mm-hmm. tell you I'll say this for as long as he I was had like, them, this is perfect they were still <laughs> they were still hydrated really well I cut the tips on them and uh they, weren't, they came, weren't dry or cracked or anything. Yeah, because sometimes when you when they're kind of dry, like the little pieces after you use a, like the cigar cutter on there, little pieces get in your mouth, mm-hmm. and that, that drives me insane. And this well, it's because it's because we didn't have a cigar cutter. And I whipped out my buck knife and made an X in the back of it for Who you. Who knows where that knife has been to? Yeah. Probably been gutting a deer uh, like from last season. <laughs> <laughs> I'd wrap my lips around it. Does Steven have a humidor or? No, no, he's not a big oh. cigar. He's not a big cigar smoker. He said he just picked them up one time and never mm-hmm. really did anything with them. Which they were in glass tubes, if that helps. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, no, that, that definitely helps, yeah. yeah. And it had like a little piece of, uh, of of gray foam in the tip of it. Mm-hmm. I don't you, put, you just put a few drops of water in that to keep it humid in there. That's, yeah. yeah, that's probably what My humidor has the same thing, yeah. All right, you guys got anything else? Ah, uh, let's roll. Well, one second. I did have something to say. Then right, I was go. waiting for Matt to talk his camera. Ladies first. Well, that's all right. We can save the camera for another time. That <laughs> 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 listeners are pissed keep off. Him, <laughs> keep them waiting. Yeah. <laughs> so I was on Instagram just kind of like piddling around and I w- was on somebody's podcast stories and they said, do you listen to a podcast at regular speed or 1.5 times speed? And they did oh. a poll and like so many... I didn't even know that was a thing. Do people do that? Do people speed up podcasts? I've hit it on accident on my phone before, but like it's it's weird to listen to. So people evidently do that like on the reg. So I don't know if they're just trying to like <laughs> zoom <laughs> through them or something like that. But I know the owner of Pit Barrel, Amber, she one time was listening to the podcast that we had recorded with her and she accidentally had hit like two times speed. And she kept oh, saying, was she was hilarious. like, we sound like Valley girls. Like, I don't know what's wrong with it. And she had accidentally hit that. So then when she realized she could adjust it, <laughs> she turned it to half speed. <laughs> and she said, she said that her and Noah oh. were, yeah, she was like, Noah and I are literally crying tears, laughing so hard because we all sound <laughs> wasted. Cause we're like, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we need to adjust uh, the uh, times. We should do that sometime and just, uh, Record it and throw it into post. I remember my stomach was yeah. hurting because I was laughing so hard. Well, oh, well, go ahead. Real quick, before we go to break, one thing I think that we probably do owe the listeners is, Stacy, on the last show, you had us say some phrases, and then I reversed them in post. And uh, so Julie was listening to it, to it with me, had no idea what any of them 
actually said. Uh, and she could pick out Joel's pretty well. You know, Joel's, I think, was, <laughs> you could tell what, what it was supposed to say. But I still don't know what what was Jeremy's and mine supposed to say? Because I have no idea. Um, Do you remember? Yours was, so Matt's was supposed to say happy birthday to you. That and was the, who smells like turkey fat was happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. And, you know, I wonder if you have to, like, speed it up or slow it down or something like that. And then. Yeah. um. It's weird our producer didn't fix that in post. Jeremy's was like one small step. And then it and then it was supposed to say something like man walks. Jeremy's was like I don't remember. Something about man walking or something like that. But Joel's was supposed to say mother I, ever. I suck. <laughs> no, Jer- Joel's was Joel, supposed to say you, mother Joel, ever. You don't suck. You're okay, man. I am not gonna say something. All right, quit. Mother <laughs> <laughs> It worked pretty well though. Uh, Joel's did. Yeah, yeah of, course, and, of course, mine's the the mother effort. <laughs> and if anybody's wondering about the style of the way the show ran, you know, it was our April first type um, reverse styled episode. So we did reverse the entire outline. Uh, we strayed from how we usually do it, and of course, yeah. everybody was like, "Yeah, that's great. Sounds good." I know no one, no one said anything about it being backwards. I really thought uh, you were going to lose your minds about it. Cheeky, so cheeky messaged me, Noah Cheek, he did. Cheeky Barbecue. He was like, "I get it, reverse." He and did. I was like, okay. At least somebody got it. Thank yeah. God. Yeah, because like at the end, we're like, "Welcome to the Reload Podcast." You like <laughs> introduce everybody, and then we're like, "Bye." <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, real quick before we tip, before we head to break, uh, guys, I'm heading up this weekend. I'm heading up to go check out the turkey place, and um, I'm mm-hmm. also got that two, that 250 acres I told you guys about. I'm, mm-hmm. He hit me back up. I'm in. So um, next week, I'm gonna go scout that with him, um, and then Matt. That's actually off exit 72, so that'd be actually oh, so closer. closer. Closer to you, yeah. So, anyways, getting out there, I'm so freaking stoked about this weekend. Uh, wish you guys were coming with me, but just to getting back in the woods, and I lo- I'm I love, love, love turkey hunting. It's almost becoming an addiction, and um, I can't wait to hear those thunder chickens gobble. But thunder chickens, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, let's take a break, and when we get back on the other side, we're gonna dive straight into the meat of the podcast. So stick around; you're not gonna want to miss it. What's up, y'all? When it comes to meat, the TRP crew chooses only the best. Haltman Family Meats. At HaltmanFamilyMeats.com, they bring you the true butcher shop experience. Fresh meat, never frozen, and shipped straight to your door. Your order comes to you neatly packaged in butcher paper, trimmed, and ready to cook, guys. You no longer have to worry about cleaning up your cuts for you and your guests. Simply unwrap, cook, and serve. They have the best prime Angus fillets, dry-aged ribeyes, hand-pressed burgers stuffed with cheddar cheese and smoked bacon, y'all. But let's not forget, you got to add a few packages of their skirt steak for the best steak tacos you'll ever sink your teeth into. So right now, go to HaltemanFamilyMeats.com and use code TRP21 and you'll save 15% off the butcher shop experience that will change your life. Haltman Welcome back to the show, everyone. In the wake of that horrible, horrible drink they had us drink, I have something <laughs> new in my um, in my little Yeti uh, 
holder thing here. This is a, I don't even, what is this <laughs> thing called? A koozie. It's a koozie. Yeah, there we go. Holster. Yeah, Can-tool. it's like the metal koozie. There you go. Anyways, it is a Paps Blue Ribbon, a PBR Extra, and these are their 6.5% alcohol ones. Um, oh. Stacy had dropped off some stuff earlier and dropped off a few of these, and um, none of us had ever seen them before, so we're going to try it out. Surely it's better than the liquid cinnamon fail me, uh, wait open, joel's open, gonna open. grab one so we can taste too yeah you start what is regular what? pbr like what's yeah, what, the uh, abv yeah you have it in front of you it. there matt <laughs> is there any alcohol in it? maybe not <laughs> in fairness it's pretty dark where i'm at so i'm having a hard time seeing it anyway i always thought it was around in like the four four point three something like that what's the abv of the PBRs regularly. Uh, I don't know. 3.2. I don't know. Whatever. Let me look it up. Yeah. <laughs> She's just yeah. saying a number. ABV of PBR. You tried it. Um, 4.8. 4.8. Uh, Jeremy, so. No, y- I, I have not tried it yet. I'm waiting for you. Okay. I cracked mine. Let's go. Cheers. Salatja. Salame. Man, this is two weeks in a row I felt left out. <laughs> Tastes like a PBR. Tastes like, yeah, tastes like PBR. Huh. No, it's darker. It definitely has a stronger taste. It's a slightly more bold. If you tastes did a, more, if you did a side by side. It's more like a PBR. Know. Yeah. No, if you did a side by side, you would be able to tell. Not Guarantee my, it. Not my favorite. Kind of We should do a uh, blind tasting, tasting on on Want beers. It? We should. Like a Coors versus Bud Light versus Miller Light versus Yes, absolutely. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yes. That's There's a little more at the end of this one, but one. Yeah. That's, I think we need a Mr. Noah cheek. Yeah, if we're doing Bush, we got to Are you going to drink that piece of shit beer? No, I'm counting my <laughs> calories and that is not worth it. Th- this is infinitely better than that other thing you had us tr- drink. I, oh, I would drink that in a heartbeat. I'm just trying to be careful. I would drink this if I had nothing else. Like I have it's beers delicious. in my in my eight foot refrigerator um, outside. Well, I'm down here recording a podcast. I have this or I can chug from the fireball. So mm. no, I think that's an excellent beer. Maybe fireball while you're, while <laughs> yeah. you're man in the grill. <laughs> no, it's, it's no not, it, this is, this is good. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. I can drink it. But what I like about the regular PBR is that they're such low ABV, which we'll get into this as we get more into grilling season. But like, if you're standing over a hot grill for a bunch of hours, you yes. don't want heavy beers. You want no. light beers. Um, but yeah, we have some topics to get into. Joel, you want to roll us into that? That sounds good. Yes. So we were going to be talking about today, guys. You uh, you sat all winter. You haven't grilled that much. You haven't maybe smoked that much. Maybe you have. But it's coming down to hardcore grilling season. Where we're all going to be getting out there and really hammering it out there on the patio. Yeah, it's going to get a lot more wear and tear now. That's, That's right. Beautiful. So we're going to be talking about things that you should be doing, checking, and getting to make sure that you are prepared for grilling season. And the first thing we want to talk about, we're just going to start from the bottom, work our way up, uh, is propane grills. Uh, just about all of us, if you like to grill, have or have had uh, propane grills. And something that I think, and you guys jump in, is that first thing you should do, like if you aren't a heavy, heavy backyard griller, you don't like getting out there in the cold and all that jazz is after it's been four, five, six months, you need to get out there. You need to check everything on your grill, check your hoses, check your, your, your tank, your valves, and 
make sure that you don't have any leaks. Of course, you're going to probably crack that grill open and it's going to have rust all over the grates. And I'm sure the guys here have some great tips on how to freshen those things up. But the, something, a tip for me is check your hoses, check your valves, all that, all that stuff. And, you know, then give it, give it a, a good 20 minute burn away from your house to make sure that that thing's not going to turn into a giant firebomb. So you guys got anything to add on propane grills? Uh, so the only, the last time I had a propane grill, I think it was like a charbroil infrared and it had stainless grates. So I've never really had to worry about the rust covered grates, but I am curious if you guys have tips on that. Cause I'm sure that's a common issue that people run into, right? It is. Um, my, um, my camp chef sidekick grill box, which is practically just a small, uh, propane grill. Um, it has... <laughs> what happened? <laughs> oh, sorry, Jerry. Oh, Guys, if y'all don't know, we're via Skype right now. Oh, and Matt is. <laughs> what? <laughs> Take a picture. I want to see what it looks it's like. In the winter. It's I got in the winters. Oh, no. <laughs> He's still doing it. He's back. He's back. He was literally oh. glitching the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a freaking Pac-Man or something. Completely normal on my end. Yeah. Oh, look at the look at the winners. Sorry, time out. I guess I still don't get to be part of this inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> what did it, did it, for like, it did it for like 30 seconds. It did that for 30 uh, or 40 seconds. And then it switched to your eyeballs. Your eyeballs were just blinking like you were having a seizure. <laughs> it was. You're all- <laughs> So we got to save this and post it to our stories because this is awesome. (laughs) My stomach hurts. (laughs) My face. It's weird because it was only Matt. It wasn't Jeremy. Can we we match this up to maybe like an Eminem song where he's going like on a rap lyrics or something? Busta Rhymes. Some bone thugs in harmony. Yes, I wish you'd gotten longer. Oh, we do. That's what she said. Oh shit. Okay, Jeremy, where were you, sir? It's like uh, talking happening? about rusty, rusty grill grates. Yes, right. yes. back rusty. to that. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, Camp Chef Sidekick uh, is a propane-powered grill. Uh, mm. The grill box has cast iron grates in it, uh, which are fantastic. They rate they. Um, they retain heat really well, give you a great sear, uh, but they will rust over time. Uh, and so what I do whenever I use it, I crank it up super high, get it really hot in there. I give it a stiff brush with uh, with a grill brush and then just um, spray a little uh, Pam or olive oil, something like that on there just so they're, uh, um, you know, not sticking when I throw food down on there. But that's, yeah. that's really all you need to get rid of rust on a, on a grill grate. I know we're going to talk about, geez, I laughed so hard. My nose is running. I know we're going to talk about uh, tools later, but I'm curious. You said you use a, a grill brush. Do you mm-hmm. guys use the, like the wire grill brushes? Cause I've heard some pretty terrible stories about like what can happen with those things. We've stopped um, in our house and we've gotten just a, it's a really stiff course. Um, like heat they're resistant. They're like nylon bristles. Yeah. So they're not like silicone or rubber. They're like, what? What would okay? So you know, like what you would scrub a tub with those type bristles, more mm-hmm. hard plasticky type feeling. It's a very, it's a, it's a very stiff, coarse brush, but it is nylon, so it's got some heat resistance. Now your grill is, 
if like what Jeremy was doing with his grill, freaking, you know, hot as hell, I don't know how well that would hold up to it, you know, but if you're just walking out to your grill and scraping shit off before you preheat it, then that's, it's good for that. Yeah. So I, I do use one of the metal bristled ones and I know people have horror stories of like the bristles coming off and getting in their food and just being a nightmare and stuff. Yeah. Um, I get like a really cheap one from like the Walmart clearance section. And as soon as that thing starts to look, you know, the slightest bit, not great. I throw it away and get a new $5 one. Uh, mm. so I never use it to the point of where it's like falling apart, uh, is one thing. Yeah. And then another thing, like if you see metal barbs on your grill, you know, Clean them off. <laughs> yeah. Like. Well, I think a big part of that too is is coming from if your grates are super corroded and not clean, mm-hmm. you're not going to notice, uh, you yeah, know, a bar get that's stuck in a piece of char mm-hmm. on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but something that but I've you, done. If you use it, I guess you could use like a wet paper towel to kind of go back over the grates yeah. to kind of clean them off. I've but done, yeah, it's risky. I've done it with wet paper towel and I've done it with where I'll take uh, Pam and spray it. Oh, yeah. like a little bit of olive oil spray, spray it on there mm-hmm. and just rub it across there to see if it'll pick anything up. Yep. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing. So, um, I think that's it on, we'll get into more tools and things like that for propane girls later, but yeah, just to, re- just to refresh, you know, if you want to bring your girls, your, your grill grates back, Jeremy's uh, tip of heating that mother up, getting it hot, loosens everything up, knock it off. If it's cast iron, put your little oil on there, just so everything doesn't stick and it'll kind of refresh it and bring it back to life. Now for like me, I like my outdoor grilling area to look nice and look pretty and look shiny. Like what would you use to clean your stainless steel grills like is there anything that you can use spray on there to shine them up and make them look nice and not have fingerprints and grease marks and so i've used uh citrus safe have you guys ever used that before yeah yeah i've used it on boats and stuff too that doesn't do jack shit it doesn't (laughs) no it does it does on leather like on like that or the pleather seats or whatever um, I've used it on my camp shift cause it has like a stainless door and I was like, Oh, it's going to clean it up really nice and stuff. And like, it, like I scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed and it didn't, it barely did anything to it. I think like, um, if you want your grill to be really nice and spotless, you have to keep on top of it from the very beginning. You need to clean it once a week. You can't let months of smoke build up on the outside of it. Cause it's never coming off. You'd have to get a wire brush and yeah. you know, put it in a drill and just or go to town on it. Yeah. 120 grit sandpaper or something. Yeah. And, and sand it off pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, clean it with what once a week, like just a wet cloth or like grease. Like, si- or? like si- citrus safe, something that's made for your grill and stainless steel and stuff. Uh, it doesn't really matter what the product is. I'm sure once you get down to the ingredients, a lot of them are very similar. Uh, but those, the, they're not working magic. You have to put in the elbow grease over time. Yeah. yeah. So if you're somebody like me who never cleans their outside of their smoker, you're not going to yeah. get that jazz off. Now I will say you can get some stainless steel cleaner and you can put in a lot of elbow grease and bring back some of the shine and luster to your stainless steel. But, uh, you know, um, Lou, he gave me a tip. He said, use car cleaners. Like you know, if you're mm-hmm. on your hopper, use armor all. And, uh, and for your, like your, like a pellet hopper on a pellet grill, he said, yeah. you know, like things you would clean wheels with, he said, clean the outside of your grill with it. And he said, it'll, it'll help bring it back better than some of these, like, you know, fruit cleaners. I, I saw someone the other day, I can't remember who it was, but they had a, um, 
a buffer attachment for their drill. So mm-hmm. it's like a drill bit that was a buffer pad and they put it on and they were like cleaning their grill with it, you know, like got it wet and soapy and buffered the whole thing on the outside out. Something like that might work nice, you know, uh, a little yeah. bit of mechanical elbow grease on that. Uh, but so, you know, th- they have lots of tools. And if you go to the, the grilling section in home Depot or wherever you get your grill stuff at ACE hardware, whatnot, uh, they're probably going to have all that stuff out right in front and center right now because everyone is getting their grills out for the season. Yep. Yeah, because I like them looking nice. Like I like going out there and being like, ah, it looks nice. I can relax. And yeah, Weber makes a spray that I've used before that works pretty well. But honestly, I have no idea what's in it. It'd be worth some investigation. That's kind of like, like w- WD forty when the you know, water special like fish scales or something like that. In it, I don't know. What yeah, yeah. Their special ingredient they tell no one. Yep. All right, let's let's move on to pellet grills. So pellet grills have been all the rage for the last few years, and they take some maintenance. They do take some maintenance. Um, I experienced Probably the most. Yep, I experienced some maintenance here when we moved into the new house because I hadn't you know, <laughs> used mine in a little while. But um, you know, if you are again, things that I think we should check when you ca- if you haven't cooked on it in a while, if it's been over a month, especially, you need to get out there. You need to. You know, clean out the ash, check your, or empty all of your pellets out of your hopper, first of all, get them gone and check, then check your auger down inside. If there's any kind of soot or anything that looks packed in that. Because the bags have powdery stuff that come out. And sometimes from what I, what I learned when we, we moved into this house, I started firing up the, the pellet smoker is, uh, that some of my pellets had, I guess where it had sat. I don't know, but some of the pellets had gotten some moisture and they swelled up in the bottom. And then I ground those things up inside the auger tube and it just it caked the whole thing. And then it wouldn't, it wouldn't feed pellets at all. I had to break the entire system down. So if you're not going to be using your, um, your pellet grill for an extended period of time, like the winter, or if you're moving your pellet grill, you need to empty it and do all these things before any of that. That way it's ready to use next time you want to use it. Yeah. And most pellet grills have, um, a way to empty the hopper. And then most of them have a setting where you can turn the auger on, but you don't turn on the, um, the ignition coil in the center. So it pushes all of the pellets into the grill and then you just vacuum them out and get rid of them. And that way your, your auger is empty and, um, and your whole, uh, hopper is empty. And so next time you go to use it, it would be like, if it was brand new, you would fill the auger up again right. and you don't have any, yeah, you don't have any issues with uh, pellets swelling or in moving a pellet can get jammed in there a wrong way or something like that. Cause it's, it's a, it's a unintended movement. Yes. So that's, a, that, that's something you should do beforehand. And if you don't do it beforehand, uh, most pellet grills have procedures on their website of how to take the hopper and the auger apart. Um, I've had mine jam before and had to pull my entire auger out. Um, it's not fun to do. You got to remove the whole pellet or the, the whole hopper from the side of the grill, all the electronics and everything, and then pull the whole auger out and then vacuum out that whole space and everything. Um, it's not fun to do. So it's better to be preventative with this sort of stuff. If you plan on not using your pellet grill for uh, two, three, four months, something like that. Absolutely. And Camp Chef makes the process you just talked about easy, Jeremy, because you can pull. They're the only pellet smoker that has the ash dump system mm-hmm. on it. So you can pop the, well, ash, the ash dump out. You can hit that feed setting and remove the residual amount of your pellets, you know, easily without having to vacuum them out. They'll just feed them straight down into the ash dump, you know, can underneath it. So yeah. you don't have to take it all apart if this is something mm-hmm. you're prepping for the winter or the off season or whatnot. Yeah. You can put a bucket down there and just catch them all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, if you like, 
if like we said, if you went an entire grilling season and, and you smoked and had a great time, good summer, all that jazz, and then you put that smoker away for a few months, you've got to break that thing down. You've got to take the grates out. You got to take the fire, the the, the fire shield out, and you got to get in the belly of that beast, and you got to get all the ash, all the residuals out. And man, get that thing back to, it's not going to ever get tipped out, but you're going to get it pretty close. Vacuum it out, scrape it out. Go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, and make sure you don't vacuum it out immediately after a cook. Let it cool down <laughs> overnight. Uh, don't be vacuuming hot charcoal cause, uh, or hot coals because that is not going to help with your vacuum. And uh, hmm, get yourself a shop vacuum. Hmm? Yeah. No, I've seen people online do this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, never, I did it once accidentally. <laughs> Uh, oh, I didn't okay. realize that it still had, I think I was, uh, it was like where I had lost power. And so the pellet cooker didn't shut down properly. Oh. So there was still hopper, like still uh, pellets in the, the fire pot. And mm-hmm. so whenever I went and got my uh, vacuum to suck all that out and restart it, <laughs> uh, one, there was still an ember or something in there and it shot back into the uh, filter and just started blowing smoke out the exhaust on the uh, oh, shop no. so, Caught the filter on fire, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So absolutely do not do that. Make sure it's getting and, out first. Uh, do not go inside and grab your wife's vacuum for inside the house and start vacuuming out your grill. Uh, she will not appreciate that. If you do that, go get yourself a shop vac. Um, and shop vacs are not expensive. You can go to Home Depot. They have one called like a, a Homer bucket one where you just stick it on top of a bucket. And then I think it's like 20 or $25. Yeah, and that, that's all you, that's all you need to vacuum out your grill. And it gets, it's going to get nasty because your grill is going to be greasy. And so you, that's your that's your grill vacuum, you know. It's 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 worth having. Yeah. So y'all are suggesting, you know, taking those plates out and vacuuming it all. Now, what do you do if it's all kind of caked on there and hard? I mean, are, are you getting a scraper to it? That's what I use. I wetting use... it and wiping it, or what? What are you doing for that? Well, when I, it's not all going to just be dry. When, when I because I go, I'm not the typical. I'm not Jeremy and and Matt and most barbecuers that are on top of their equipment. I'll go a long time sometimes without cleaning my my smoker out and I'll pay for it too. Um, Because when it comes time to clean it out, it is a chore. Um, And I literally have to get it. I got a drywall scraper and was just peeling cake layers of of grease and ash off the sidewalls of it to get down to everything. Oh, you have that on the sidewalls? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, not, I guess not, if you not va- the fire pot. Yeah. Okay. So, um, for those of you who don't know at home, the anatomy of a uh, pellet grill, you have your fire pot in the bottom. You have, um, usually a heat deflector plate. Um, camp chefs is movable. Some of them stay in place. And then you have your, uh, your drip tray, which is an angled tray that goes out to a grease bucket on the side. Um, check that grease bucket. You don't want to overflow. That's a, that's a pretty basic thing out there, but that, that's on the outside of the grill. But, most of the grease and everything, the real nasty stuff you have to scrape off should fall directly onto that uh, deflector plate. And um, a good tip is to get some 18 inch wide uh, tin foil, the real, real wide stuff, and just cover that plate every time you clean out your grill. That way, next time you just peel off that old tin foil and put new tin foil on, it'll save you a lot of scraping power because that's where all the real nasty stuff will get. Um, and if you go an extremely long time, like Joel said, it will build up on the sidewalls. But if you're doing regular maintenance, which every Every company has a different regular maintenance you should do. Um, if you're giving it a vacuum out, then you shouldn't have um, a huge issue with too much buildup on the sides. You might have yeah. to scrape it down. I think maybe I've had mine for about a year and a half. My camp chef I have now. 
and I've maybe scraped it down. I used like a spatula, I think, and just scraped it because I was yeah. like, oh, there's a there's a little bit there. Might as well. And so I hit it real good one time. But there shouldn't be a ton on the outside walls. Like a plastic or a rubber spatula, right? Oh, like like a metal fish spatula. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Ooh, it makes yeah. me cringe just thinking of the scraping. <laughs> so, no, oh, like, no. Like, I, I I have a feather touch. Like, that's what they used to call me in high school. Jeremy no, it's, Feather it's Touch. All, it's right those knuckles. Um, it's the, yeah, the it's, knuckles. Yeah. It's the essence great of those chapter. knuckles. <laughs> be a great chapter. And somehow I manage Wash your damn hands. It's, it's your knuckles. <laughs> Jeremy just doesn't use the tool. He just scrapes it all off with his knuckles. <laughs> I use my knuckles and just <laughs> go at it. That's so, why they're no, so dirty. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right, Jeremy, because uh, let's go over some of these companies. These are the major players in the pellet girl game. And, and the, these are the recommendations for how often you should clean your pellet smoker. Yeah, so I went to every each individual, you know, um, um, company's website and I got this off of there. So should we use code names for these other companies? So when we crap <laughs> on them, it's not super obvious. Well, we got, well, I'm not prepared for that. So no, uh, oh man, <laughs> I was going to have super obvious names. All right, all right. So we can have the, the, the Tranger pellet grill. Prager. <laughs> Prager. Prager. <laughs> yeah. Prager's, um, says every two to three cooks. That's very vague. That could be Jeremy and I. And yeah, Jeremy I, and doing I his Matt. twenty-hour shoulder clod. Yeah, so yeah, we, we were talking about this before the podcast. Um, for those of you who don't know, for those of you at home who didn't pick on Joe's Joel's joke there, this is Traeger. Two to three cooks. Um, you can smoke a steak for an hour, and that's a cook. Or you could get a thirty-five pound brisket and cook it for thirty hours, and that's a cook. So. It's very like, vague. Wh- what's yeah. a, what's a cook? You know, yeah, so that, that's that's really vague to me. And you're going to have to use um, but some, that gives some fudge room. It does, but we're it's, we're going to have to maybe use some of the things we're going to talk about here in a minute. Uh, Rec Tech, another major player in the game. They say every four to five cooks. So again, vague. What the hell is that? We don't really know what how long those cooks are. Uh, Pit Boss. Um, they say every bag of pellets. Well, you know what? All of us here, the TRP crew, we never let our Pellet girls get down that low, okay? So we never know really when we're going through a bag or we're not. What's up, bud? And there's different size bags of pellets, right? Yeah, yeah, different. Like, like so, yeah. My, my bag is massive, and Joel's is like really tiny. I mean, like you don't know. <laughs> Everyone has a different size bag, you know. Hey, but you know, it's not. It's how you use His the bag. Is plentiful. That count, okay? <laughs> it gets it's jo- plentiful and lasts a long time. It gets the job done, right? Yeah. No, okay. but for real at home, um, I've had. 10 pound bags and I've had 35 pound bags. So, you know, yeah, th- like those are common size. Anything inside there is a common size bag. So that like, who, who knows what that means? So our friends at camp chef, they recommend on their site every 40 to 50 hours. That's a great measuring stick for you to use on all of your pellet grills every 40 to 50 hours. Um, I will say this, um, you know, Camp Chef does have the ash dump system in there. So you, you may get a little bit longer, but you don't know. You know, it, it, helps, it helps empty that firebox out to where you are not having to vacuum out the firebox itself every, every so often. But Camp Chef says every 40 to 50 hours, that'll help you gauge. So that's every, what, every four to five pork butts you do, you can, uh, you know, clean, clean that sucker out. Yeah, I was going to ask, so you guys have had a Camp Chef a lot longer than me, so I'm not sure. Is there a way, does the Camp Chef keep up with how much time has elapsed since you've cleaned it and you have a way to reset that? No. No. Uh-uh. It, it, it will tell you on like the controller how long your cook is. Mm-hmm. So if you're curious about that, like like it says it right there in big and bold on the thing. So you kind of keep it in your head like, oh, I've done this or that. And like 
normally how I gauge it personally is like, depending on what my next cook is, if I'm like, Oh, I haven't cleaned it in a while, but like, I'm just going to smoke a steak. I'm like, I'll probably let it ride. But if I'm like, Oh, I haven't cleaned it in a while, but like, I'm going to cook like some pork belly, something that's going to be really nasty. I'm like, I should probably clean this thing. So I don't have a grease fire. Um, and so that's kind of how I gauge it myself uh, before every big cook. And I don't, Jeremy, I don't know if you've dived into the app or not. I don't know if the app may have something like that where you can journal or log, you know, those kind of things. But um, as far as I know, they don't have something directly on the pellet grill itself. I, I think they do. It's like my dear diary today. I had a, no. <laughs> does, no. Bro- well, does Brooks, does Brooks narrate it over there? Dear yeah. diary. We should so, tell Brooks diary. that uh, he can have that feature for free, right? That's a feature idea. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We won't charge him anything for that. Yeah. That's, that sounds good. Um, so uh, another thing to do that I think is important is two things. Um, Jerry mentioned the aluminum foil. Uh, that you put on top of the grease drip pan, um, you want to change that. If you go, if you have a big sloppy cook, ribs, pork butts, brisket, anything like that, when you're done with that cook, change that foil because then you don't want to be like your host Joel here and go uh, trying to cook something at 400 degrees and set your whole dang pellet smoker on fire from a grease fire on top of the uh, the foil itself. Yeah, that's a really good point, Joel. Um, these grills can do everything, but you have to think about what you're doing. If you did a big greasy cook, a pork butt, something like that, and now you want to go roast some salmon at 500 degrees, probably not a great idea. Uh, you got to think about that. And like, I only change my foil out when I'm cleaning the whole grill. Cause like, you got to take the grill grates out. You got to take the deflector plate out to do it. Your hands are already greasy. So at that point it's like, well, might as well grab the vacuum and vacuum it while I'm here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything's already done and dirty. But yeah, I'll say this though, if, whether, if any grill that you're cleaning, if, if you get in there and you decide you're going to use some kind of cleaner on the grates themselves, because they make things with oven cleaner mm-hmm. or they have actual grill grate cleaners and things you can buy. They're very chemically or chemical E, <laughs> but uh, you science. want science, but you want to treat this like you would if you first bought it. So if you put all that stuff on your grill grates, you're going to put it back in and you need to do a burn off. Burn off all those chemicals on there for, you know, heat it up 350, 400 degrees and burn that off for a good 20, 30 minutes. So, you know, the Camp Chef grill grates are actually sized to fit in your dishwasher? No way. Oh. Yeah. That's why they're the size that they are. It's not like one big grill grate. They break it in half. Yeah. That way you can actually take them all out and they're all that size. So you can put them into your dishwasher. Get them sanitized and everything in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. If you want to. Yeah. Oh, would you look at that? You just sold me. Would you look at it? I'm going to get a camp I just chef. sold you on the grill you already have three of. Would you, <laughs> would you, I love them. Would you look at that? that? Would, would you look at that? <laughs> would you look at it? Sorry, I saw that guy on a video earlier. So anyways. All right, so here's something else that I want to, let's, let's move on to charcoal grills. Because mm-hmm. that's something you guys are, you know, as far as ceramics go, you guys, that's right up your all's alley. I don't own a ceramic. Um, I want one. Yeah. But, you know, the only, uh, only, bit of advice I can give to people is that if you don't cook a lot, um, I'd say you're just a, a, an average griller, um, then you want to clean your charcoal grill per what, I've, what we our research one to two times a season. But if you're, if you cook all the time on that mug, Jeremy and Matt going to break some stuff down for you. So the, the big obvious thing, which we've already covered is uh, cleaning your grill grates. 
you know, take them out, give them a scrub down. I mean, it's pretty simple. You don't want to cook on some nasty grill grates. And then the other big thing with charcoal grills is ash buildup. Um, ash is going to build up in the bottom there, especially uh, Matt and I both have ceramic style grills. We have uh, Primo ceramic grills with them. When you're done cooking, you close all the vents. It chokes out the charcoal so you can reuse the charcoal next time. But what happens after a number of cooks is ash builds up in the bottom there and they make some different things, which I know Matt, you use the kick, the kick ash basket. Is that correct? Yeah. And it's great. So it makes it where rather than having to like put gloves on and get all that old charcoal out so that you can get to the ash to vacuum it. All you have to do is uh, you just pick the whole basket up, shake it and that shakes ash free. Then you can set it to the side. So it's the clean out process is a lot faster with one of those. So what it does, it sifts the ash and all you have left is usable or chunks of charcoal. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Setting in that basket. Yeah. And I then, um, between big cleanouts like that, what I'll do is all my, um, my shop vac has a kind of a small hose attachment to it. I'll open the bottom vent fully. If, if I'm just doing a small cook and I don't want to take everything out and I'll vacuum out the bottom part there where all the ash is supposed to fall down. And, uh, that's my, I'll probably do that between every like uh, two or three cooks. But then um, if I got like a big cook coming up, then I'll clean all the charcoal out and like really vacuum it good. Like when I did that shoulder clod recently, I, I really cleaned it well and then went from there. Let me ask you guys this. There's a damper that opens up on the bottom, correct? Now, is it- That's, a, what, I was talk that's what I was talking about. Is it a vent or is it it's, like, yeah. or is it, or is it like a, a thing that flops like the pit barrel? It slides over. So it, it's about two inches tall and about five, six inches wide, maybe depending on how big, what size drill you have. So you can slide that open and stick your hose in the bottom there and vacuum it kind of from the bottom. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. What would prevent somebody from taking everything out of the top, taking their water hose and just washing it out through that vent? Once you sifted well, out all the chunks of charcoal with that. Why would you want to? Uh, yeah, you maybe you don't have to vacuum it. <laughs> Well, you, you would just make a sludge. Do oh, yeah. not, guys, do not do this at home. This is a horrible idea. Yeah. You, 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 you'll make a sludge inside of your grill. It'll be absolutely disgusting. What if you clean that? I'm, I'm, I'm being all serious, serious here. What if you got, you know, a nozzle and you got some good pressure and you, you clean it all out? So by their, by their nature, ceramics are a porous material and it will uh -huh. absorb anything that you put uh, on it. And so okay. that's why you don't want to use any kind of like chemicals or you really don't even want to use water or anything like that on the inside. Because mm -hmm. I've, I know my grill before, if I go a month and I don't use it, the next time I fire it up, it will actually start to expel moisture out of the ceramics from the heat where it's set there and absorbed humidity out of the air. Okay. Well, say I'm glad I asked the question because if so I, no water I would not even a wet cloth. No, no. I would have been that guy who'd been like, "Oh, these look at these jokers. I think they're gonna vacuum it out. Look at that. I got this. I got this water hose right here. I just that's what I would have done." Okay. Well, so that's for the inside of the ceramics, and I know that <laughs> there are, people have different methods of cleaning, like the glazed outer parts of the ceramics and that's porcelain, so, though. Yeah. 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 And our friend Will from Hooked on Barbecue gave me a tip. He uses like spray Pam uh, and a like a microfiber towel on the outside of his because it's a food safe material and it knocks the dirt off of it and shines it up really nice. Very nice. Oh. Very nice. Yeah. Interesting. And yeah. then I guess once you fire up the ceramics and get them hot, it kind of burns that off a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, if it was just Pam sitting on there, it would get sticky and be kind of gross. Like gross, yeah, like greasy. Yeah, but 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 those ceramics get hot on the outside when you when, when you're getting up to higher temperatures, so it would just 
burn it off. Okay. Well, it sounds to me like somebody needs to, in the ceramic world, create like the kick-ass basket guys. Basket. <laughs> uh, uh, they, that they need, like, so pit barrel has a basket in the bottom of their barrel for their charcoal, but they also have an ash plate on the bottom that you can twist the basket and lock it in. So whenever I want to clean my pit barrel out, I just pick it up and I would say 95% of the ash is stuck on this plate, then I could take it out and get rid of it and clean out the bottom as needed. So the reason pit barrel is able to do that is because they're not as efficient as a ceramic grill. It burns all of the charcoal every time you use it. You can't save any of that charcoal. The reason you still have charcoal setting on top of the ash in a ceramic grill is because you were able to save that charcoal. Um, sure. if, if you if, if you just had to let it burn the whole time, then it wouldn't matter. You know, like you're like, okay, well, you know, well, what whatever's get- left in there has to burn. You know, well, what I'm getting at is for when you want <clears throat> to clean it out, that plate's down there. That makes it easier to, to clean out because you're you're already taking a basket out and sifting all the ash to the bottom and then taking a vacuum to it. Uh, having a nice plate on there would expedite that process, don't you think? Well, there's a um, inside the ceramic grill, you have like the outer ceramics and then you have inner ceramics and then you have a cast iron plate with a bunch of holes in it at the bottom. Oh. And that's where and, and then the, the air comes through there and then the, the air okay. passes a, around the the outer um, ceramic and the inner ceramic and there's holes in that. So air is getting into it from every angle. So if you put a plate there, you would be blocking all that airflow. Again, as a welder, I would have thought, F these guys, I can make this shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> you the, can try th- that's, what, that's where Kick-Ash Basket came in and they saw a need for a product and they built that product. Well, okay. Matt, what were you going to switch gears to? Uh, so at the beginning of the season, actually, I've had my Primo for a couple of seasons at this point, and it did start to build up kind of a gunk on the inside of it just from heavy use, right? Long cooks, you get that creosote or, or whatever it's called in there where it builds yeah. up just from like smoke residue over time. And so I did a very high temp burn off where I just, uh, slid that bottom vent that Jeremy was talking about wide open, took the, uh, top vent completely off and then lit it and just let it burn at maximum airflow. And I made some mistakes in that process. Uh, The ceramics were not hurt at all, but there's a felt gasket that goes around the, the bottom and top lid. That's where, where the Uh ceramics meet. There's that gasket to to help air seal it. Uh, And that is not rated for seven, eight, 900 degrees, which is what it went to. And I actually melted my lid to the base so I couldn't open it back up. Yeah, it fused into one. And the other thing that it did was uh, I left the, it has just a regular analog thermometer in there. That thing wound all the way around and then kept going. And then it was completely busted whenever the grill cooled all the way back down. So if you do that, uh, and I was prepared with a replacement gasket because mine was pretty crummy anyway. I wanted to, you know, put a fresh new one on there. So that wasn't a big deal, but I did have to order a new thermometer. So if you decide to do a super high temp like nuclear burn off take the thermometer <laughs> out first and be sure you have replacement gasket with you before you do it so you think you're saying if you are planning on replacing the gasket and you take the thermometer out that it's safe to do a burn like that to really just get all that crap out of there yeah so there's conflicting stories on the internet you know some people say especially if that ceramic cooker has been sitting there in the freezing cold and then you take it up to like 900 degrees, there's a possibility that you might crack the ceramics. 
uh, it was, it was not that cold when I did it and I use my grill all the time. So it wasn't an issue. Uh, but that's something to be aware of. Right. Uh, the other thing is that, like I said, you don't want to put water in it. So what people do is they'll take up, uh, like aluminum foil and wad it up into a ball and then use that to scrape like the gunk out after it's burned off. Cause wow. it will leave like an ash residue along the inside yeah. of the ceramic. That's a safe way to get it off and not have to worry about anything. It's a good idea. And when you do that, like everything just like turns to ash inside of it. Is that correct? Yeah. And the ceramics look completely brand new. Like after you use them a couple of times, they turn black. After I did this, it looked like I just pulled it out of the box. Brand new again. Oh, really? Like that, that tan color or black? No, that tan color. Really? That's yep. interesting. Yeah. Huh. Well, there you go. Well, let's do this. Let's take a, a quick break. And on the other side, I want to continue this conversation and uh, we're going to get into some more um, of the meat of the podcast. So stick around. We'll see you after the break. I don't know about you, but as a bourbon lover, I get sick and tired of my high quality spirits being tainted by plastic or metal flasks when I'm on the go or in the outdoors. Not to mention having them spring a leak in my pack or back pocket. Well, guys, I had enough and it's time you do the same by jumping on board with the TRP crew and get proper. Rag proper. These modern flasks are a perfect vessel for all your favorite spirits. Each flask is built of thick, break-resistant glass, then wrapped in a high-end silicone or dark brown leather for that perfect high-end feel and look that a proper person such as yourself deserves. Your spirits deserve more, and so do you. So do the right thing and head to ragproper.com so you can get your hands on the highest quality, best-looking, best-feeling, best-pouring, best-look-how-proper-I-am flask on the market. Use code TRP21 and save to get you and your spirits what they deserve. Rag proper. All right. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. So uh, when we went to break, we were talking about ceramic grills, but I think that probably the thing that's more common that most people use their charcoal for, like the charcoal cooker that most people have in their backyard is probably a Weber kettle. And I know neither Jeremy or I have one, but Joel and Stacey, you guys do have a Weber kettle, right? Yes, we do. And it so is how do you my, clean that thing? <laughs> it is my goal to try, you know, I've, I use my pellet grill all the time and I'm, you know, I love to cook and stuff like that, but I've never really just been one to fire up charcoal and cook. So, so the, the, I plan on using the Weber more. So yeah, tell me. So the Weber kettle has a one touch, um, ash clean out in the bottom of it where you just got a little lever and it's got an X pattern system, kind of a sweep and that'll get most of the debris out of the bottom of it. But when you want, when it comes time to get to really clean your ceramic grill out, it's kind of like the same process we've been talking about anyways. They're coated in a porcelain enamel. So it's sprayed mm-hmm. on and then baked on. Um, so they're not going to peel um, and they're going to clean up pretty freaking easy. Uh, when you pull the grates out of it, you can really vacuum out most of it, sweep out whatever you need to. But then from there, just some water and some a little bit of soap and you can really bring the, that bowl back to life again. Um, it's just my, not a ton of soap, but just like a mild amount of detergent, um, like you would do for your dishes and you can clean that thing right up real, real simple. And that's, and that's it really. And, mo- and the grill grates are going to be stainless. So, you know, like what Jeremy was talking earlier, you can, once you get that clean, you can get it heated up again, knock a bunch of that jazz off and they're ready to rock and roll. 
usually with the stainless ones, you can take them out, hose them off and brush them. And they're usually good to go. They're, yeah. they're super easy to clean. I've, I've had stainless grates that literally I'm like, oh my God, these look awful. Like where you had the mm-hmm. cooker that you haven't <laughs> been on and like, you know, in months and you pop mm-hmm. the lid and there's mold and everything all over the grates <laughs> and you, and you, and you go there and you take a brush to it and it just peels off and it's all shiny and awesome and new. It's a, yep. but then you still need to do, to me, do the burn to kill all that bacteria if, and shit. If your sm- if your grill or smoker is really nasty inside, like uh, this happens because I have uh, two charcoals and I or uh, I have two uh, pit barrels, uh, charcoal charcoal grills and smokers. We use the small one a lot because it's a good size for us. I don't use my bigger one that much. Maybe every three or four months I'll do a cook in it, and um, it gets nasty inside there. So I will start a fire in there and burn it off real hot, and then bring it back down to temperature um, to use it just to kill anything that's inside there. You know. Yeah. So, but that's basically it for charcoal, um, as far as, you know, what we have to bring to the table. But now, lastly, we got to get into our flat top people, y'all, getting into everybody who likes to get hibachi on, getting their griddle on. And when you walk out there after that cold winter and you haven't been grilling on that thing and you peel that cover off and that cast iron is full of rust, what do you do, Mr. Matt Farr? Uh, So, I haven't actually had that issue. Uh, and maybe that's part of the reason, maybe <laughs> part of the reason for that is just because of the way that I, I don't really winterize it, but I treat my, my griddle top exactly like I treat my cast iron pans. Yeah. So whenever I clean it, I crank it up like as high as it'll go. And then I pour water on it to kind of mm-hmm. bust up all that stuff that's on there, scrape it down really good, wipe it down really good with a paper towel. And then I use like a, a heavy coat of grapeseed oil on it to season it, reseason it and protect it. And every time I pull the the cover off of it, it's pretty much good to go. There may be like some dirt or sediment on there that you can just knock off, but it's it's ready to cook. Well, now, do you cover it immediately like after it's cooled down for your cook? Do you retire it for the night or for the days? Yeah, so that's whenever I do a big cook like around dinner time, as soon as I finish eating, I'm going out there and cleaning it. That way before I go to bed, it has time to cool all the way back down so that I can put the cover on it and store it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be the um the opposite of you, <laughs> producer Matt. So uh tell me. This yeah. is the what nots to do. This is the what nots to do. So don't leave <laughs> when you got a giant cast iron flat top, don't leave your cover off of that thing for uh months at a time. It doesn't like it. Um and if you don't winterize it like Matt's talking about, which I never do. I never winterize my flat top. I come back to it after, you know, when girls season starts and it's a mess. So when you if you're like me. And you come back to it and that flat top looks like shit and is rusty and, you, and you're like, God bless America. Is it ruined? And your wife wants to cook on it and yeah. it looks like trash. It, yeah. It's not <laughs> ruined, guys. It's not ruined. It's just like your cast iron. You know, all it needs is a little bit of TLC and some elbow grease and you'll bring that sucker right back to life. Um, the, the, this is when I like to use the, the stainless steel, or steel the, the steel wool or steel brush at this point. If it's full mm-hmm. of rust, I'm going to hit it with that steel brush all over the damn thing. Then I'm going to get a paper towel with a little bit of oil on it and I'm going to start wiping it down, getting all the little bits and and chips and things that came off of it. And I'm going to repeat that process a couple of times. And then I'm going to do, take uh, a high, you know, uh, uh, an oil that's got a high burn temp and I'm going to put it all over it and crank that sucker up and get it where it's steaming and then wipe it down again. And it's basically just kind of like almost massaging 
that and conditioning that thing back to life. Now, yeah. Matt uses the grapeseed oil towards the end of his season because it has a longer longevity and won't go rancid on you. You're yeah, not going to want to do this with vegetable oil or canola right. oil or any of that <laughs> stuff. If you're if it's if it's the beginning of grilling season, you can use those oils if you're going to be using your flat top on a regular basis um, because you're not going to have to worry about it going rancid in between your cooks. Yep. Or just cook yeah. on it regularly so you don't have to worry about it. Amen. Yeah, there's a key. Um, yeah. I don't do either of those methods. Um, <clears throat> after I'm done cooking with it, I let it cool down. I don't clean it at all. Uh, I leave it full of grease and whatever is on it because that grease is just like Matt's protective coat of uh, grapeseed oil. It's going to protect it. I cover it, put it away. Next time I go to use it while it's cold, I get out my... Um, um, a, um, a metal spatula that I would use for like smash burgers or something. I scrape all that crap off from the last cooked. It's perfectly preserved underneath there because it's been protected by all that grease and gunk. Um, I heat it up real hot. I get some wet paper towels, give it a scrub, spray a little bit of oil on it, and it's ready to cook. Now, do you what, like what happens if I'm trying to grill up some fresh veggies and they're they're tasting like burger grease? I mean, I guess no, I, I, I clean it before I, I clean it before I use it, not after I use it is what that's I'm saying. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you, did, if you felt like, or not felt like, or could you, by doing your method and scraping it off and heating it up and wiping it down, are you going to get the key, those flavors going to be locked into that flat top? I mean, it, it's something that you leave outside year round. I mean, you're going to have some flavors locked into that thing. You know, mm. it's not like, it's not like a cast iron pan that you're leaving in your house in a, temperature controlled area and stuff. Um, That's why I was asking because my cast iron pans I've had, if I fry fish in a cast iron Mm -hmm. pan, I have to scrub it with soap because if I don't, it's going to, my next meal is going to taste like fish. Yeah. Like I superheat it and then I'll either throw some water on there and give it a scrub or I'll have like some really, really wet paper towels, throw them on there and just scrub the whole thing. And it pretty much gets it, um, you know, not all the way through the seasoning coat, but it gets it really clean. And then I just spray a little bit of, um, either, you know, um, Pam or something on there or whatever oil I'm using for that cook or whatever, uh, just to get a little seasoning on there. And, um, it's like, it's like you have a brand new, um, you know, flat iron. And to me, that's the easiest thing to do because I don't want to clean it and then let it sit outside for months and then have to clean it again before I use it. And then, you know, whatever. I got you. That, that sounds good. And I think that's, uh, that's three, you know, good methods to, yeah, uh, different methods too. And different to go by. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, I think that's it for grill prep. I think we've kind of, we have gone over a plethora of different things for you to do to prepare for grill season. But we now, I want to talk a little bit about we get out, we're out there, our grills are ready, they're hot, they're ready to throw some protein in there. What kind of tools and beverages are we going to be drinking uh, while we're out there on the grills this season? I'll tell you. For- and I will tell you, I have compiled my own little list of what? must-haves oh. on the patio pre-grilling season to make sure that I can have a nice relaxing okay. time. All right. Well, let's, I want to, let's ladies first. Okay. All right. So grilling season's coming up. I'm ready to sit out on the patio, have some drinks, fire up the grill, watch some TV, watch the kids outside. These are things that I want to make sure that I have ready to go for the season. So for one, and this is kind of invading on what your list is going to be, but this is something that's near to me. Like I love having it. I like having an abundance of those easy disposable aluminum pans. So if I'm making Mm -hmm. a bunch of wings for people, different flavors, um, 
You want a, one of those, it's got the raw chicken in it. You can just crumble it up and throw it in the garbage rather yep. than having to rinse and deal with all that chicken goo and throw in your ribs season in those and pans. Season inside of them. Seasoning. So I go to Costco or even Walmart and get the 10 or 30 packs of the disposable aluminum pans. Second, I want a nice full bottle of spray oil, spray fats. So um, we usually use um, like like Pam or um, what's really nice to have, if you want to go a little bougie, is the duck fat spray. Um, really nice to have. Um, beer. Don't be ready to go sit out on your patio and not have some beer varieties in the fridge. Yeah. Gotta have those. You don't know when a friend's going to call up and say, Hey, we want to come over. You got to have those on hands. I I thought, I thought you were going to go seltzer on that. I can't whatever. Yeah. Um, a freezer full of meats for us. You know, when we order our meats from Haltman Philly meats, we, or I order a bunch at a time. So I'll order three or four skirt steaks, you know, one or two picanhas. Uh, we usually order six or eight fillets at a time because for instance, we had some friends just say out of the blue, hey, we're coming in from Colorado next week. We want to come over. And so now we're able to cook up fillets for everybody. Matt. Yeah, I've, I've started just ordering the whole beef tenderloin whenever I do it and cutting yeah. my own fillets because we That's go smart. through them so fast. Yeah, because if, you know, you know, tomorrow I'm having a girl's night, I don't want to cook crappy meat for my friends. Mm-hmm. So I want to have them on hand because it does take a couple days to arrive. Um, Lick lot of show out. That's right. Also, citronella candles. Nobody wants to get their ass bit up by some mosquitoes. So, (laughs) citronella candles. (laughs) Okay. Citronella candles, tiki torches, because that just sets the mood. So, get some tiki torches. You can put some of that citronella oil in there. Create that ambiance. Doritos. Everybody needs a fire starter. And last, you've got to make sure you've got all the ingredients for the s'mores. Oh, yeah. On hand, you got to have the graham crackers, the marshmallows, the Hershey bars. You got to hide the Hershey bars from the kids because they're going to try to get to them. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Get to them. Mm-hmm. But those are all things that make me feel prepared on a moment's notice to have a good time in my backyard. All right. Stacey's giving us her wish list. The, the only thing I think you're missing out of that that I would like is like a can of wasp wasp spray because I don't know about you guys, but the red wasps are terrible around here and they hurt like crazy whenever they sting you. So, uh, for one, we have the bug assault, but Joel, okay, hold on with that Stacey. So I actually messaged them just yesterday because we have carpenter bee problems at our house and they're like, do not use this on bees and wasps. It is not rated for bees and wasps. And I was yes. like, well, that's what I would use it for. So probably not for me. No, I- <laughs> Joel just punches wasps if they're, yeah. if they're coming at me he just pisses them off more but he usually he like no. punches them in the face and then they drop it in i give him a good i give him a good judy job i'm not kidding he goes after him and he's like well, that's, that's the sound i make too now, i tell you budella uh my old man old budro he uh ham and beans yeah oh ham and beans <laughs> <laughs> he uses a tennis racket he keeps one on his porch Hmm. So when Carpenter Bees, Wasps, Hornet come around, dude, he gets freaking uh, Andre Agassi on their ass. And, uh, he punts them into the lake. Federer or whatever the hell they are. And uh, he just smacks him with a tennis rack. He has a ball. Doing oh, it. nice. So that's a little pro tip. When you I'll, have have to to get, I'll, I'll have to get my tennis rackets out. Yeah, that, that, that'd be better than what I was using, which was my hands. Oh, um, paper plates. 
you can really <laughs> Jeremy's using knuckles. Good job, good job. You want, you want knuckle sandwich right, beef? I got you. Bug talk. You know what beef is? <laughs> Do you know what beef is? <laughs> so, all right. Well, paper plates. Yes, paper plates. You need to Yay. have those. Are, those are great to have when you're barbecuing. But I want to talk a little more like tools. Like, what are some cool tools, uh, Matt and Jeremy? You guys cool have. Tools. Uh, ceramics. Is there any like cool tools that you can use on your uh, your ceramic grills? Yeah. So something that I've had for I got it pretty soon after I got my Primo uh, is a thing called a, a flame boss. And so I think there's a couple of different uh, similar devices that all work uh, very very similarly to each other. So it's basically a little fan that attaches to the bottom vent on the Primo. Then there's two leads for uh, temperature sensors that come out of it. One that clips to the grate and one that you can use to like measure the temperature of your meat. And then from there, you just have an app on your phone where you set the temp that you want the grate to stay at. And then that fan will control the airflow through the cooker to keep it uh, pretty close to that temp. So you're effectively uh, making your ceramic grill uh, it's the convenience of a pellet cooker at that point, right? So it's very convenient. It's nice for really long cooks where you're not going to be able to go out and check on it and make sure that you're not hitting temperature spikes and stuff like that because yeah. it'll just control it automatically. Uh, but it's not totally necessary because ceramic cookers are so good at staying steady on their own regardless. But like, Especially if you're going to do a bunch of overnight cooks, it's worth it for the peace of mind. You can just pick your phone up, take a look and say, oh, the cooker's at this temp. My meat's at this temp. Uh, You don't have to go out there and check on it. Yeah, I was going to say on that note, um, I use the uh, the meter wireless probe and it measures the internal temperature of the meat and the temperature inside the uh, smoker. So you get to see both and you can set alarms on your phone. Like if the temperature gets over X degrees, like, you know, an alarm will go off or whatever. So like it'll wake you up or whatever. and You can go check on, see what's going on. Or if it gets too low, if it burns out or something. Um, And then you have a chart of the whole cook. It tells you like what the temperatures were just like it would with the, uh, the flame boss and stuff. And, um, when I did that beef shoulder, it stayed within five degrees from 10 PM to 6 AM, you know? Um, and and I would account that for cooler temperatures outside the grill as it got cooler throughout the night, it it went down a little bit and then warmed back up once the sun came out. Uh, but they're, they're, they're pretty spot on. See, if I had a ceramic cooker, I would have to have one of those items. I could never do an overnight cook without some sort of, you know, system telling me if it's shutting down, telling me if I'm losing temp or telling me if I'm, my meat's done. I know mm-hmm. I could get a, a probe to watch the meat, but I'd have to have something monitoring the charcoal itself. Cause like with a pellet grill, I rely on that computer to, take care of itself to auger monitor itself and auger in those pellets to keep the flames going. But with a charcoal grill like that, you don't, you know, and you don't have the, either one of those items. You don't have that luxury. So the flame boss, like it, it will blow air on the charcoal, right? To kick yeah. It, up. it, it forces air through the bottom vent. So it's almost like, that's that's the way that it's controlling the temp is it's, yes. it's like you said, it's blowing on the charcoal effectively. Yeah. And Jeremy, yours is just monitoring the ambient uh, temperature inside and in the meat. Like, I still have to manage the vents and everything. It's just telling me what that temperature is from my phone. So, so like, 
so I don't have to walk out there and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then honestly, like, uh, when I did that shoulder, um, I went to bed around 11 or 12, had checked on her before I went to bed, got up at like three and then I usually get up at six. So I was up at six. And so I just got up once to check on it. And, um, you know, like I wasn't even really looking at my phone. I just went out there. I was like, all right, the house is still here. Nothing burned down, you know, good to go. <laughs> went back to bed, <laughs> you know, just whatever. But wow. yeah, like w w once you've done a few of those cooks and you get it locked in, you have some trust in that smoker and it's just not super necessary. There you go. Well, you know, I, I think if I did have a ceramic uh, cooker that I'd have to have one of those two items for sure. So uh, any other tools of the trade we want to talk about that are going to be people might want or need out there? We're talking to you, Paul. These are all things that you need to go out and buy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Big, big Paul on the grill. Um, I would say for, you know, if you have a griddle top, I would say that if you are going to be cooking on a, a large flat flat top, you know, something like the Camp Chef 4 burner, um, I would say investing in a very large spatula. Um, oh, reason, yeah. Good call. You know, something that you can really work the, 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 the top of the, of the griddle if you want for scraping, moving Spreading. water, grease. If you're, if it, it's it, something with a long handle. So if you're going to be doing, you know, smash, a lot of smash burgers because that, that griddle top can get really hot. And, you know, you putting your hands over the top of that hot cast iron, you know, I don't have knuckles like Jeremy because it, <laughs> it, it can start to burn a little bit. So having a long elongated handle helps with that too. And cleaning. Yeah. Camp chef has like a whole kit of like griddle top accessories and you can get, you know, the little spray bottles of water to throw water down there. And you know, the, the, the spatulas and everything, uh, all in one kit and it's like not expensive at all. Yeah. So that reminded me when you were talking about that, Joel, uh, I think a must have accessory. If you've got a flat top or a griddle of some sort is a cloche. You yes. need mm -hmm. the ability to like cover up a burger and really melt some cheese down on it. So pick up there. You can get them. Yeah. They're super cheap on Amazon. Uh, it's worth having some extras. Go get some. I call cloches. it the melting dome. <laughs> <laughs> you, Welcome you to the melting just, dome. You guys don't just use like a metal uh, bowl? Yeah. No, I try, we no. have one with a handle. I tried <laughs> yeah. that. And, uh, and then you can't get it. You can't yeah, get, you it get it off the like you, 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 you use the corner of your spatula to flip it up and move it over. And yeah, I'll just and, hand the handle. And it's hot. And then you, my, my well, you just have calluses on the inside of your hands and then you just grab it. Gotta make your mm -hmm. own gloves. Kong hands. <laughs> okay. So outside the griddles, um, hell, we, I think we went over a lot back in the prep of different things to use as far as cleaning and whatnot. Uh, everyone, everyone needs a strong pair of long tongs. If you ain't got long tongs, <laughs> click, click. you ain't barbecuing and grilling. So also squirt bottles to keep like your olive oil in or water or anything like that. I like using those little squirt bottles to keep those things in as you can squirt them all over your um, griddle top. When you say squirt bottles, you're not talking like the, you know, spraying your hair. You're talking about like a, I'm talking about like ketchup. what ketchup would be like in a diner, mm -hmm. like yeah. one of those yeah. plastic squeezable, Squeeze so you can throw you can throw a jizz of like oil onto the grill or yes. a jizz of water, to, yeah. like whatever you need. Just jizz. Mm -hmm. Tons of yeah. jizz. Mm -hmm. or you can squeeze so, a squeeze bottle, not a squirt bottle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> something that something that I found to be very helpful. I don't know if you guys use these or not, but Cambro makes what's called a cam tray, which is it's like a cafeteria tray, but I use it all the time yes. to like carry a set of like whatever I'm gonna need, bowls, plates 
ingredients that that goes out to the grill on one of those. And then my finished food comes back inside on one of those. Very, very helpful. I think that's perfect. Yeah. I, I use baking trays for that. (laughs) (laughs) That works too. I have have cam trays and I'm like, why don't I ever use them? (laughs) (laughs) I'll take them. You're not going to use them. (laughs) The barbecue MacGyver. That's right. That's right. Um, Oh, well, uh, so the last thing that you're going to need, guys, this is this is very crucial. Stock up. Yeah. Stock up on your reload, y'all. Get the tank sizes. Yeah. Get you don't want to have to ration out from the smaller bottles. Nope. Just go ahead and get the big dogs so you can be dropping them huge payloads all over your meats. Hey, we mm-hmm. have a code for TRP, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot. Yeah. Use code TRP21, and that gets you free shipping on ReloadRub.com. Plus, we're going to throw in a little extra... Freebie, a little from, some, a little something, something in there, yeah. From the TRP crew, that's right. Just a little something from us. So, and since we're getting commercially on it, if you order your meat for this for your grilling season from Haltman Family Meats, you can use code TRP twenty one there and save fifteen percent. Yeah, yeah, you can. Back to the show now. Uh, <laughs> beers. What kind of beers do you all like? And I know we got to go to a bake. A, a bake. God Almighty! I'm not even having anything to drink hardly. Let's uh, go to a bake, guys. We're gonna bake. <laughs> bake sale. Uh, Is this our sourdough update right now? Yeah, we're doing, we're doing it. Okay. Go. All right. If, if calories aren't counting, I'm. Go- I am. I'm going for either the Stella Atois, Stella, or a PBR. Uh, if I want to go a little crafty, a little flavorful, I'm going for those Southern Grists. Those. Fantastic specialty beers. What about, um, what about y'all? I have a couple of like of go tos. So I, I keep a case of PBR in the fridge just because they're they're inexpensive, they're delicious. Like that's universal, right? Anybody can crack one of those and enjoy it. But yeah, uh, I also like to keep. Uh, I've talked about it on the show before. It's a beer called Home Style, made by Bearded Iris in so Nashville. So good. It's, it's probably my favorite. Uh, and then a backup is a beer called Gerst, uh, which is from uh, Yazoo in Nashville. That one's oh. also very, very good. So I, I, I would love to have all three of those in my fridge at any one time. You should, well, you should do that. Treat yourself, sir. Yeah. Treat yourself. <laughs> I can't keep them is the problem. When I have them, I'll drink them. <laughs> what about uh, you, Jeremy? You guys... You guys know me, uh, you know how fancy I am, and mm-hmm, you also know that, um, you know, summer is prime werewolf season, so I got to keep a case of silver bullets around. Hey-o! Uh, those Coors Lattes, uh, that pretty much does it for me. Those are PBRs. Um, I am not a fancy beer man, so I keep my fanciness to my bourbon. That's right, baby. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I got three beers in my arsenal that... Um, I'm going to have during the day, so it's like a late or, you know, like lunch, early afternoon, I'm drinking Miller Lite, Silver Bullets, or some Lagunitas. Um, but when I start getting into like the evening, I like to have, some, you know, something a little more evening-esque. In my, you know, so mm-hmm. I may get something a little more craftier beer-wise. Those Southern Grist beers that Stacy's talking about are fantastic. Um, that, I may grab one of those, or I may just pour myself a cup of bourbon, y'all. Because it's getting late in the evening, may put it on the rocks if it's really hot outside, you know, cool it off, make myself an old-fashioned, something along those lines. That's where I'm at as far as what my grilling taste is going to be. So, mm, yeah. Man, I'm ready. Okay, well, let's take a break. And on the other side, we're coming straight in with Jeremy's rapid-fire questions and yours truly's Reload Recommends. We'll see you. 
like to cook? Of course you do. And we all know that quality knives and tools are a cook's best friend. That's why we only use the best, Dalstrong. Dalstrong has the highest quality, sexiest knives I've ever laid my hands on. Any knife that you would ever need, they have it. But they don't stop there, guys. At DowStrong.com, they also carry block sets, aprons, cookware, culinary tools, and even everything you need to maintain a kitchen's best friend. So guys, run. I said run to DowStrong.com and use code THATRELOADPODCAST. I said THATRELOADPODCAST to save on the finest brand in the game. DowStrong. All right, y'all, we're going to jump right into it with Rapid Fire Question. Tonight, let's go Stacy, Joel, Matt, and first. Best for last. There we go. Waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> first question of the evening. Is gospel music just diss tracks for Satan? Stacy. <laughs> disc tracks. I don't get it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Diss track is, but why is it for Satan? Gospel music. Gospel. (laughs) And that's the end of Rapid Fire Questions. (laughs) (laughs) Here, you take it. I don't get it either, because I'm saying hell no. That shit's for the Lord Almighty, not for Lucifer himself. Is it is a diss track? Yeah. Oh, so it's putting. Oh, I thought you Satan said down. disc. I thought you said disc. I thought you said disc track. No, no disc. A disc track. Oh, yes. I heard disc track. I heard uh, disc. I, I forget too, you guys are so old. You know, like <laughs> you were thinking. Yeah, and I'm CDs. like, I'm like, why would Satan want to listen to gospel music? Yeah. Like a like a compact disc we had in our cars years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought you meant. Compact <laughs> disc. It's in like my come Model on, T Ford. <laughs> All right, so that fell. Throw that one out. You kiss my ass. Matt, you even want to take a stab at that? Yeah. I mean, it's. I felt was... like I had to help you explain it, so I've already answered yeah. it. I heard disc You've already track. answered that. I heard the cut in there, too. I think he does it on purpose and then doesn't <laughs> pretend he says something else. Just, Matt got it. He knows. He knows. Y'all are in on it together. Y'all are sitting next to each other. Hours away. Yeah, hours away. There we go. What animal is the Disney character Goofy? Stacy. He's a dog. Joel. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a dog. Matt. And we were just having this discussion the other day because it's like, if he's a dog and Pluto's a dog, why does Pluto not talk but Goofy does? And there's no logical reason. What does there Goofy is a logical, look like? Th- there is a logical reason, and it's because Goofy is a cow, not a dog. He's not a cow. What? He's not, yes, he's a cow. He's no, not a dog. No, his girlfriend's a cow, but he's not a cow. He is a cow. He has Look whiskers. Him up. I'm looking it up. This is, I don't believe this. And, and cows don't? It no. says dog. Goofy is a tall, anthropomorphic dog. Anthropomorphic? What the hell yeah. is that? But he's with a cow? Because he's a cow. And in, in, in Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, his girlfriend's a cow. Yeah. <laughs> I always call her Bertha. Uh, She's a big cow. <laughs> Bella or whatever. Her name yeah. is, uh, what is it? No. I always call her Bertha, and Julie's like, that's not her name. I don't know, dude. I'm... Well, whatever. Anyways. Uh, Maybell? Is riveting. it Maybell? Riveting. You guys ready for the next one, or you want to go down this rabbit hole further? Hit us. All right. Stacy. Jeremy. The word wrong is probably spelled wrong in the dictionary. True or false? True. Joel. 
word wrong is what? <laughs> the word wrong is probably spelled wrong in the dictionary. <laughs> True. Not. Ain't getting me. No, no, false. It's going to be spelled correctly in the dictionary. But it's not going to be spelled. But it's going to be. It's going to be spelled wrong. Yeah, it's going to be spelled wrong. Wrong. W r o n g. Yeah. So it'll be spelled wrong. Which is yeah. correct. You got Next him. question. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> you got him. <laughs> this question is appropriate for tonight because this movie drops tonight. Will you watch Godzilla vs. Kong, Stacy? We 100% are going to be watching that. We just have to. We couldn't watch it tonight because we were podcasting. Oh, it exactly. came on tonight. Matt, it came on tonight. I Matt, will line. you be watching this one? Nah, you I don't watch know. It Why'd you skip me? About it. I'll just get me. Oh, oh, did I skip Watch you? The trailer. Mr. Jumping out of your pants over there. Dude, so I'm so geeked <laughs> over this. So, did you see the trailer? Yes. Matt, oh, Matt watched the trailer. It's it got, looks, it gave me, I don't like movies like this, and it looks awesome. It gave me goosies. It'll probably, goosies. It's probably all the good scenes in the whole movie, but mm-hmm. it was still, I, I'm very excited about it. Well, that first one where they didn't show Godzilla until like two hours in the movie was like a real letdown. The first one? The one they just came out with like a couple years ago. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, okay. like the, the, the Godzilla the first one movie. Of the, yeah, the first one of this current incarnation of Godzilla. Yes. Yeah, that was kind of a letdown. Not so great. Yeah. Next question is name that movie. Woohoo! First person. First person who has the answer, just shout it out. Rich white man is barely punished for a DUI. Okay. Rich white man, barely punished, DUI. DUI, I know this. I know it. I don't just keep... Do you want a slight hint? Jack Nicholas in it. No. Okay, go ahead. Hint. We've talked about this movie a lot. Ah! Like a lot, a lot. Is it a like... Will, Will Ferrell movie that I've never seen? No. Mm-mm. Wait, 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 wait. Say what it is again. No, Rich it's white a... man is barely punished for a DUI. Mighty Ducks! Dude. Yep, Mighty hey, Ducks. Hey, all right! <laughs> <laughs> we are the world. <laughs> I was wondering if you would get that immediately, because I was like, it sounds kind of hard, but like you talk about Mighty Ducks so much. <laughs> <laughs> she loves that shit. I do. It's Gordon Bombay, bitch <laughs> ass. That's right. <laughs> Next question. Was blowing up the Death Star an insurance scam? Hear me out. One, the guy who blew it up was the owner's son. Two, there were massive delays in construction and known design flaws. And three, during the so-called Rebel Raid, Vader was the only one to survive. Stacy? Sure, pass. <laughs> you, Joel? Mind blown. <laughs> I mean, this insurance scam really took it to State Farm on that one. Mm-hmm. Matt, I know you're the uh, the resident uh, Star, Wars Star Wars expert. Nerd. Uh, I think based on how quickly they built another Death Star, that's the only reasonable reason they were able to do that. That's the only way they had that funding. They got that insurance money. They yeah. got them clams, them, yeah. them hundos. Exactly. They were ready to go. Stick it to the man. Next question is a listener-submitted question. Ooh. In the 1996 blockbuster movie The Rock starring Sean Connery, yes. is that a 007 movie? Stacy. I don't even know what it is, so pass. Okay. Joel, have you you've seen yes. that movie, surely? Yes, 100 times. No, it's not. 
Are you sure? He is an ex-British spy who was captured, thrown in jail for 20 years, escaped the most difficult prison in the world. Like, ah. are you sure? Are you sure that Sean Connery is not playing? Oh my God! Seven. <laughs> Childhood blown up. It is. <gasps> Look at his face. It is. No, it it's is. It's a 007 movie. Yeah. And the the listener who submitted this was Matt. <laughs> yeah, it's a fan theory that I came across and sent to Jeremy. I was like, this would be perfect. But yeah, if you look at it, it's creepy. Or not creepy, but like it, the timing of the plot line in, in The Rock lines up perfectly with like Dr. No, where Sean Connery was 007. Well, I, mm-hmm. I have goosebumps and I'm kind of mad at the same time. Well, I realize I don't my, watch enough TV. My mind is like really... I'm mind croissanted right now. <laughs> it's, it's worth going back one, and rewatching. I love that movie. I, I, that's a, a great movie. Love it so yeah. much. Oh, it's What's fantastic it called? The Rock? movie. Yeah, the with Rock. Nick, yeah. Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery. Oh, it's fantastic. It's, it's basically yeah. where terrorists take over Alcatraz. You know, I'd love mm-hmm. that movie. Oh yeah. It's, it's um. W- what's the director? Bio weapons. M- uh, Michael Bay or whatever, right? It is Michael Bay. Yep, you're right. Yeah, so big explosions. I mean, just just an easy, easy movie to watch. Nicolas Cage is a giant puss turned turned badass. Yeah, and they have those yeah. like green poisonous chemical bio weapons. Yeah, they like things, shove him in the guy's and mouth. he has to like give himself mm-hmm. the syringe in the heart he to goes, survive. Yeah, yeah, great, so good, good one. And we have a follow-up listener-submitted question. Wow. <laughs> Could you be a shark in a triathlon, Stacy? No, because the shark can't run or bike. <laughs> so your answer would be yes, then. You could beat him. Oh, could you beat him? Again. It sounded like, could you be a I shark? Need, I need you a- to enunciate. No. Could you beat a shark in a triathlon? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, I can. Okay. Joel? All day. All right. Uh, All right. I think a shark could probably bike better than I could swim. So, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, like, you would have the run, but could you, you know, get the biking down? And you're assuming... You're assuming he doesn't eat you during the swim. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I would so, be so far ahead of him by the time we got to the swim. The swim is first. Yeah, the swim is first. Swim, bike, run. Swim, bike, run. Who <laughs> was the listener? Who was the listener? Who do you think the listener was? Derek. It was Derek. Derek chasing Derek. <laughs> yeah, Derek. He sent me this whole reel where a guy's like debating whether he could beat a shark in a triathlon. That's hilarious. That's and great. that brings us to our final question of the evening. Are Reload Rubs the greatest seasonings of all time? Stacy. Do I need to watch more TV and movies so I can hang with you guys? Yes. You do. You need to be able to hang. Joel. Can a dog lick his own ass? They do often. That? Yes, of course. And that brings us to the end of Rapid Fire Questions. Let's go over to Joel for his segment. That's right, guys. It's time. That time for that segment you've been yearning and wanting to hear. <laughs> it's, it's oh, my, I want it. <laughs> it's my segment where we recommend things to you guys we think are cool and badass. So with that being said, let's run straight into... Reload a recommendation. <laughs> Help me, Lord. 
That's some, some phlegm there. Oh yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's oh whew, let's roll this thing. In. Let's start things off with Matt's music. We're gonna go straight to Jeremy Stacy, and we'll round things out with yours truly. Matt, what you got, bro? All right. This week for Matt's music, we have California-based American rock band Incubus. So we're keeping on, keeping on with the springtime feel-good throwback jams. Originally released in 2000, this is a song called Drive. Woo! fits right in with the rest of the chillbilly that we have on the on the playlist right so i I have another fun fact for you another fun fact so uh this week the fun fact about incubus is that according to myth and legend an incubus is a demon who lies with sleeping women and uh the legend dates all the way back to mesopotamia in 2400 bc so that's where they got their band name oh rapist yes (laughs) a demon rapist there you go (laughs) <laughs> well, the demon race, ra- rapist band brought me straight back to high school, smoking cigarettes, and I'm Mercury Cougar. <laughs> <laughs> Mercury Cougar, man, that really paints the picture. <laughs> the full head of hair. Oh, it was blowing in the wind. Brother, it was thick back I then. I met him after high school and college, so yeah. just I, the record after, straight. I got all the sickies I, out of the way before I met Stacy. <laughs> after his cougar face, sickies. <laughs> Cigarettes. Six. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Thank God. What is a uh Yeah, my my sister used to call them Siggy Snacks. Siggy snack. Mm. I need to go have a sneak a, right. a Siggy snack. Like a Scooby Jeremy. snack. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we're having a conversation here, Stacy. Little on a steamroll with tonight. this segment. <laughs> I'm getting uh, terrible. You're not the ones getting beat over here. I keep getting the <laughs> <laughs> right, what you got, Jeremy? Uh, I'm going to recommend some more TV stuff this week. Uh, kind of been on that kick lately. Um, I recently watched the, uh, the, ent- the entire WandaVision series on uh, Disney Plus, and it was, it was good. Um, definitely worth the time to sit down and watch it. Um, but they also have the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They have uh, two or three episodes out now, and um, that one is actually really good. Um, the Marvel shows they're coming out with are fantastic. If you're into, uh, into that whole universe, the MCU, I'd highly recommend checking them out. Uh, definitely worth the watch. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the next episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I was good. I've been seeing that and I've been wondering if it's any good because the Captain America, um, he looks really stupid in the pictures yeah. I've been seeing. You know, look well, like, like one from the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, like Bucky and. Um, What's the other guy's name? The Falcon's name? Falcon. I don't know. Falcon. Yeah, Falcon. Th- like, they hate that dude. They think he's a dick. So, it's kind of <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'll have to put those on the docket. So, Stace, what you got, girl? All right. So, my recommendation is a snack. Um, I'm Snacks. actually not a huge fan of goat cheese, typically. But my sister-in-law had a charcuterie spread 
the other night, and she had gotten at Publix, so if you have a Publix nearby, this log, it was a blueberry goat cheese, and oh, it was yeah. so creamy. It wasn't overly pungent of a goat cheese like you typically find, um, and it was phenomenal. So, you know, initially I was like, okay, well, I'll try it, you know, because it, it's out there, and she said how good it was, and I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. I'll try it. And then I just kept going back and going back and going back. It was so amazing. Shoveling it in. Um, it's good. It's affordable. Just Publix in their specialty cheeses and meat section, like near the deli. You can pick up a log of that. I recommend it. That's right, guys. You need to get you a log of that. <laughs> what? Cheese. What? So goat cheese. I think there's several different kinds of cheeses made from goat's milk. Do you, do you know specific? Because like feta is goat cheese, but so is like uh, like pecorino romano is also I think a goat cheese. This was soft. I didn't this realize was, that. This was soft. Like it was pretty pretty spreadable. I don't know. It wasn't okay. feta. It wasn't fe- it wasn't pungent like feta. Yeah. It was nice and mild and delicious. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Sounds good. It was really good. Spread on some crackers. Um, mm-hmm. We paired it with some cold cuts, like some. Capicola, salamis, and mm. then occasionally, just for a little bit of tartness or vinegar aspect, we put a little bit of like coarse ground mustard on there, and it was just a good little pairing. Uh, Pecorino Romano is from sheep's milk, not goat's milk. Oh, they're close enough. That's goat. basically the same animal. Goat family. Do you have goat for Easter, or do you have lamb? Neither. <laughs> I have ham for <laughs> Easter. <laughs> ham. Blasphemous. Pig. Blasphemous. That's right. Uh, okay. So, excellent recommendations, guys, but I got two. I got a light recommendation, then I got a solid one uh, for you after that. So, my light recommendation is Stacy bought me a variety pack of Oscar Blues um, IPAs, and I love IPA beer. And this is the same distillery, or brewery, excuse me, that does the Southern Grist beers that we- uh, Wild Basin. Wild Bait. What is Wild Basin? My little seltzers that I like. Okay, so Stacy informed me of this while I'm screwing it up. So Wild Basin uh, seltzers, they're, they're, I've actually had them. If I was going to drink a seltzer, I would drink that one. They're tasty. Um, but same brewery, whatnot. These are very tasty. They got the double IPA, your regular one. They've got one that I'm drinking right now that is a hazy IPA, and it's very, very tasty. But anyways, if you're looking for some good IPAs, try the Oscar Blues Variety Pack. Yeah, I know if you got a total wine near you, you can get them there. Um, Second thing, since barbecue season and turkey season is upon us, there's a company out there that you all must um, check out. It's called Thermacell. And what this company does, they've got all kinds of different um, units for your back porch to your pocket out there in the woods. And it is a system that has a butane cartridge that goes in the bottom. It lights it on a, and, and ignites a heat plate. Very, very mild heat, but you put this wafer inside of it. And what that does, it gives you a 15-foot radius against gnats, mosquitoes, and other blood-sucking things that want to uh, get on you, especially when, it, when it's hot outside. Um, they've got some that go on the ground. They've got lanterns you can hang around your patio. And each one does a 15-foot radius to keep bugs away from you and your friends when you're entertaining. They are they don't smell bad. They're not like a citronella that's got that, you know, pungent smell. It puts out a little bit a little vapor. It hangs out. We like thing. that on our patio, mm-hmm. our deck. And it's night and day, guys. If if you don't have a high wind going, it's night and day how effective. Um, these thermocells mm-hmm. are. I use them when I hunt, especially during bow season and during turkey season because it keeps bugs out of my face and keeps me from moving. They so. have one specifically made for like decks and patios that look like little lanterns or whatever. But I remember one time at our old house, 
you know, near the door and the back light just covered in bugs. And then you turned that sucker on and mm-hmm. it decreased it by like 90%. But they've got, a, they've got a bunch of different applications now. They've even got an application that you can put in the ground uh, like a, like around your patio, like kind of like you would solar lights. Oh, those are cool. Yeah, and uh, it comes. They have a two pack you can get, and that covers four hundred and fifty square feet, which is essentially, you know, fifteen and fifteen or whatnot. So, check it out, guys. Thermosel. It is a. It's a no brainer for this time of year. And with that being said, that's the end of the podcast. Hope you guys learned some stuff. We hope we no. dropped. No? no. Oh, man, I almost let it go because it's I was going to see if he was going to like just go all the way through it. Wow. It's time it, for that. Stacy, I'm going to keep it going. No. I'm ignoring. Welcome and bienvenue to FWAD of this week, month, day, year, fortnight, yes. quarter, mm. decade, century. This is correct. Fortnite. Stacy, I was expecting to perk up a little bit on Fortnite. <laughs> did. did you hear me whisper? <laughs> what? 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 Did you hear me whisper? Yeah. She got a bit of a chub there. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> That's not it. That's two weeks. Anyways, our French word of the day. Week. Is en croute. And this means en croute is a food that has been wrapped in a pastry crust and baked. Salmon en croute, pate en croute. Usually with a meat, you'll wrap it in, bake it, and serve the dish. Very beautiful way to present food. En croute. Uh huh. So, what makes. <laughs> on, why isn't beef wellington then called beef en croute? Beef wellington is an English dish. dish. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, in, Duh, fr- in France, Wait, in France, if you were to order, like it'd be like beef en croute. Um, but that would just be beef wrapped in puff pastry. It would not have the duxelles and the uh, crepes and all that kind of stuff. But like, obviously, like you know, if you think about it, England and Fran- and France are only ninety miles apart, so they influence each other a lot in their cooking and stuff. So you know, there's a lot of French influence on that dish, but it is an English dish. Fair enough. All right, Joel. Is it so? Is it one word or two words? It is two words. Oh, it is. On croute. I was feeling confident until you did that. On, <laughs> on, or on. I want to get this right. On croute. On croute. All right. On on croute. Let's go. Four and a half here, guys. Okay. Four and a half for e- each word. Just just in general. In general, a, yeah. a general four and a half. All okay. right. So listen, listen. Okay. All right. I may get the first part, the first word wrong, but I think I might, I think I got crude. All right. Here we go. So on crude. E N C R U T E. On crude. You are very close. You Damn got the it. first word correct. E ah. N, but it's C R O U T E. That's crot. Ah. That's on crot. On crude. <laughs> Oh, so close. What are we going to do when you get one someday? I'm going to freaking dance naked in this room. Y'all going to see my wang hanging out. Um, He's going to be over there helicopter and everything. Um, That was your closest by far. Your closest by far. It'd be more like a Cessna. You know, a little small prop. (laughs) (laughs) Like like a a little 152. Yeah. (laughs) You just got to spin it to get it going. 
Well, that's FWAD, guys. My <laughs> FWAD this week that I spat on you is uh, on Kreutz. Okay, so now it's time for the end of the podcast, and uh, we do hope that you all learned something today. Hope you had a good time. Hope you got some good laughs. We love you guys. We thank you so much for listening to us and supporting this podcast. But do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button. Do it. Do it right now. That way you can listen to this Reload Podcast, that Reload Podcast, anytime, anywhere. <laughs> Shut your face. We love you guys. We'll see you on the next show. See you next Tuesday. This podcast is brought to you by Reload Rub and Seasoning. Head to ReloadRub.com to pick up the full arsenal of our delicious blends, perfect for amping up your next meal. No MSG, clean ingredients, and a portion of every sale is donated to Hungry Heroes, serving those who serve others. So head over to ReloadRub.com and order yours today. Reload podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my go god! Buy the, go buy those Struggle domains bus. before anybody else has a chance to. <laughs> I didn't hear you. I said, "Are you ready?" <laughs> That's much better. We thought uh, we thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my pet peeves when you go to concerts and they say that. Oh, I, um, we didn't think it was funny because we're not in on the joke i know i I hate when they do that you're at like a conference or church or anything like that and they do that they're like trying to hype up the crowd i would love to be a part of an inside joke one day someday (laughs) someday one day